Welcome to Wrestling with the Angels, a podcast that hopes to encourage you as we limp along this life together. My name is Zach, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host Clint. And today, we have a guest on with us. His name is Ted Cluck. He is one of my favorite podcasters, author of several books. You can check out our Facebook p- page for his, uh, his full bio. Uh, but today, we wanted to talk about story and imagination with him. So Clint, why don't you... Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, first of all, thanks for joining us, Ted. I know you're a uh, you're a busy guy and uh, have your own podcast, and uh, you're a professor and author. So I appreciate you taking a few moments to to be with us today. Oh, you guys, I'm so incredibly busy. It's a, it's a huge <laughs> sacrifice on my part, but uh, yeah. But no, seriously, it's, uh, it's good to be here with you, boys. I'm I'm excited to do it. So um, to give you a little insight of like how this topic came up um, in our discussion. Uh, I, I'm a father of, of three. I have a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. And Ooh. so, yes, <laughs> thank you. I feel, I feel your empathy through the microphone. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so my two oldest are, are both boys, so that makes it a little easier, and they have common likes and dislikes and things like that, but they are very sure. different. But uh, so obviously imagination, pretend, story uh, plays a pretty uh, prominent role in their in their lives yeah. right now um, whether yeah. that be the latest movie uh that they that they're into the latest characters pj masks whatever um mm-hmm. so we do story time most nights and uh, we've got library cards now so we go and pick out books and we we try to make a good mix of of non-fiction which is usually just books about lions sharks and bears <laughs> and uh and, and, then, and then fiction you know which uh which um uh, they they're getting to like more and more uh, outside of the the movie and video realm. They're getting used to it yeah. in, in book form, um, and I've really noticed how much I'm enjoying it. How much I'm enjoying oh. reading those those stories to them. And one thing yeah. that it that's connected with me is through my own reading of of the scriptures uh, from a Christian worldview perspective is, and my hope is that through fostering a a a love for and an appreciation for story and pretend and imagination uh, that will lay the foundation for uh, a connection to uh, the stories and the uh, encounters that they read about later or hear me read about uh, to them from the Bible. And, and which is not to say, you know, I want them to believe those things as true, but even before that happens to have an appreciation and an affection for those stories because they have a healthy, robust view of imagination and, 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 uh, and story. And so that's kind of where this, where this came from. And, uh, I posted, I don't know if Rebecca told you kind of how we got connected with you, but, uh, I posted, no, I, I posted on Facebook, um, asking for people to, to, uh, tag or, or mention their favorite storytellers. And, 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 you know, bonus points, if it was somebody we could actually talk to and, uh, because we wanted to do an episode on this and and talk to people about the value of story, the value of pretend, the value of imagination. And so, uh, Rebecca, uh, commented on there and Zach jumped in and said, uh, you know, who would be great for this is, is Ted. And, and, uh, and I had prefaced that with like, Hey, Rebecca, do you still know those famous people or that famous guy, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. joke, joking and, uh, and Zach, that's when, and that's, so that got the ball rolling and we're, so we're, we're thrilled to have you on. And we kind of just wanted to hear your thoughts as somebody who teaches, um, sort of, cause, uh, let, let me know specifically, what do you teach there at union? 
Yeah, so I teach all the journalism classes. So okay. any writing class that isn't like a production of the, the English department. But in right. addition, I do screenwriting. So I teach screenwriting. Uh, I teach a creative nonfiction class. So like really everything that you're saying, yeah. it resonates pretty deeply with me. And in fact, like as you were talking, it occurred to me how much I envy your kids. Mm. Like because when I was a little boy, like – sitting around and dreaming stuff up was was my life like i i loved it and it brought me so much joy and, and a couple things came to mind one was i i grew up in a in a pretty kind of crappy blue collar town in indiana but the one super You're nice gonna have thing to be more specific there, <laughs> yeah I, I actually love my town no, I, absolutely. I, I really yeah, I really adore it, and uh, I've, I've grown in that feeling over the years. But, like, the one really nice thing we had was a Carnegie library, you okay. know. So we had this really beautiful library building, and my mom would take me there all the time, let me check out stacks of books and come home. And, and so I, I always really loved books. I loved stories. Um, I was a football player, and football was really, you know, my first love in, in life for many, many years. And I used to... Um, I was an only child, so I spent a lot of time alone and I was uncool. So I spent a lot of time alone, (laughs) but, um, I used to get my football Jersey like the night before the game and I would lay it on the floor and I would sit in this rocking chair and listen to music. I'd put on music and just rock and like, look at the Jersey and like, imagine all the things that I was going to do. And, um, I miss that man. And I think as you get older, as you get into middle age, as you become a dad and like your responsibilities mount in life, you lose some of that magic and some of that imagination and some of the joy of, of just sitting around dreaming stuff up. And, uh, I dig that. Yeah. What, and so you talked a little bit about how, uh, when you first realized you enjoyed that in, in your younger days, um, what, and, but, and you mentioned how, as you got older, the disconnect there. Why, why do you think that is? Why do you think we as, as older, cause I found that too. It wasn't until I started reading yeah. these things to my kids that I, re- I something was kindled in me that I used to yeah. really, really enjoy this. And now I'm enjoying it again yeah. through them. But why, why do you feel like the disconnect is there as we get older? Yeah. I mean, I think it's because, and some of this is good, right? So like the Lord gives us more responsibilities, right? Like we have been in our churches longer and we take on leadership roles and we have kids and we have wives and we have mortgages and jobs. And and so the stuff, the list of things that we have to do gets longer. Whereas I think when we're kids, like you really serve no purpose. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like your job is to just, especially in the summer, you wake up and you have this like yawning expanse of a day to fill every day and um you know and and much of that for me was spent like reading stuff out of a book or sitting around and listening to music and coming up with stuff that uh that delighted me and you know the irony is you know i'm obviously a better writer today than i was when i was a kid but i have less time to do it you know i have less time to actually you know, make, make stories. But, uh, when, whenever I get to do that, it's a, it's a joyful thing. I, I still really enjoy it. I've, I've heard you talk about before that there was sort of a football accident that kind of propelled you into the field that you're in now. Do you think yeah. with, do you think without that, um, that you would have gone the direction you're in now? Or do you think there was some yeah. circumstance that actually kind of 
prompted you to go no, to go in this direction? It was totally the circumstance. I mean, it was the the injury. So this would have been uh, freshman year of college. Broke my leg, I guess, for the second time, and had a big operation, and tried to come back sophomore year. And as I look back on that, like it was it was completely the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, because I would have never thought about writing. I would have never thought about, you know, teaching. I hated school, dude. I was the world's worst <laughs> undergraduate college student. I, I was like the opposite of, of our mutual friend, Rebecca, who like <laughs> loves everything school related. Right. She would have hated me. I was just a bag of hair, you know, I, I was no good. And, um, you know, but <clears throat> the Lord took football away, which at the time was really hard and embittering, but you know, now I look back on that as one of the great mercies of my life. Mm. You know, it, it started something for me where I had to kind of reimagine my persona. I had to find something else to love. And as it turns out, I'm way better at writing than I was at football. <laughs> um, but I thought I was good at football. Um, but but no, it's brought me a lot of joy, you know, and, and telling a good story, even like being in a room, being at a party or whatever, and telling a good story, making everybody laugh. Like that, I've always enjoyed that. And it's always come pretty naturally to me to do that. And um, for the Lord to give me opportunities to do it vocationally, it just blows me away because I didn't deserve it. I wasn't a good student. I didn't care. <laughs> yeah. I didn't start caring until way later. And um, on paper, I shouldn't be the guy who was allowed to do this. So mm-hmm. it's only really the kindness of the Lord. So, so in that sense, like you, you get to experience, um, story and imagination in a way that you might not would have had that incident occurred. And so I guess like for our listeners who might not have had that, you know, sort of a, um, it's sort of a, uh, bad thing, good thing happening. The bad thing happened, yeah. but a good thing came out of it. So some of our listeners yeah. may be scratching our, scratching their heads with this, uh, sort of topic, but I guess that, cause they didn't have the, the breaking leg experience that you did. Yeah. But if you could say like, speak to the, I guess just the benefits that you've experienced from uh, being thrown thrust headlong into um, yeah. story and imagination, like wh- how could you sell it to our audience? The importance yeah. of it. Yeah. I mean, first of all, everybody go out and break your leg. You know, <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't have that experience, <laughs> make it. Yeah, right, well, yeah. in a true 2022 fashion, like, get get outraged if you haven't broken your life, you know? Like, I never had that opportunity. That's very pri- – what a privileged position to have, to have broken am. your leg. Yeah, I'm privileged in all the obvious ways, but then also in, in the sense of having broken my leg twice. But, uh, no, I mean, I, that's the funny thing, right? So, you know, for me, it happened that way. I, I would say um, – Look, I I went into writing because it brought me joy and it brought me enjoyment. And I started by finding authors that I really love to read and finding Mm -hmm. stories that I really love to sit with for a while. And and like, I'm a hedonist, you guys. I'm not disciplined. I'm not a great person. Like, I just go where the enjoyment is. I resonate um, with that. Yeah. Yeah. For me, that was where the enjoyment was. And. You know, I think the thing that I brought from football that would be useful is just a maniacal workout. Like, mm-hmm. I, I knew how to grind. I knew how to suffer. I knew how to get told no and keep going. And, and you know, so the sport taught me some of those things. Um, and then, really, it was a matter of finding authors and finding stories that just kind of lit me up. 
and and that I enjoyed and and then trying to replicate it, you know, and trying to do better. And so I think that's part of it. I think the other challenge of today, though, and I'm going to sound like an old man when I say this, but like I think part of what was great about growing up in the 80s was just boredom. Like you, you would wake up and like there were four channels on TV. So it's like I could watch the Cubs. I could watch like drunk Harry Carey doing some color commentary or I could watch a game show or whatever. But, you know, my kids. And they're, they're teenagers now. One of them's a, about to be a sophomore in college and one's about to be a sophomore in high school. And really their experience is different in that yeah. they wake up and they have this whole palette of like stimulation and ideas in front of them. And I think as a result, it's made them a little bit less creative, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're not as good at like coming up with stuff on their own. But I, But one way in which they're better is they can look at a whole – like the entirety of YouTube, for example, like YouTube overwhelms me. It's, it's too many choices. <laughs> right? Um, and it's cool. And I end up watching just like an hour and a half of NFL, like offensive guard cutups, you know, which I think is really awesome. But, um, but for them, like they can, they can step into something like YouTube and Netflix mm. and navigate it and go right to what they want and be happy yeah. in a way that I can't. But I think, I can be bored and happy in a way that they can't. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I, th- I actually think that really helped me as a writer. Yeah. Another Something I'm hearing is like, from what you're saying, is that in this day and age, we kind of have to fight to get back to story and imagination and creativity. And it's worth yeah. it to or do least, it. Or at least quality yeah. Uh, yeah. offerings of those things. Because what I heard you saying, and I certainly identify... I'm like a social media junkie. I, I like, I love just aimlessly flipping through like TikTok and just watching, uh, like just sure. senseless, Ted does too. Yeah, yeah. senseless videos. <laughs> and there's an entertainment value there, but no one's yeah. mistaking that for quality, uh, like yeah. content. content. Yeah, not to say that there's not quality content makers on those platforms, because there certainly yeah. is. But, um, but I think. And, and maybe you, your kids would, would say this is like maybe we're, we don't have the the boredom and the um, and the desire necessarily to, to dive into story and pretend. But we can certainly pick out when we see quality versions of that sure. thing because we've been so inundated with with crappy versions. Yeah. Uh, and we're no, that's, that's and, a good point. Yeah. And we're saying boredom. Yeah. But really, I think what we're saying is like being able to rest, yeah. being able to think. And, and not yeah. having yeah. to be constantly inundated with entertainment and with, yeah. uh, with the next best thing. Cause what happens, yeah. cause there's a negative side to that. Like when, whenever I'm just sitting, whenever I'm just to myself, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't do it. I can't, uh, I can't just be by myself. Right. I have to constantly be engaged right. and we have lost something right. with story and imagination, creativity when we can't do that. Yeah. And yeah, so there's I, almost I this onus to point. get back to it. Uh, yeah. Ted, no what's your, question. what's your favorite type of story to tell mm. or to or to uh to tell or to mm. listen to <laughs> excuse me i sneezed bless you Thank yeah you. <laughs> i think for me anything with great characters like i'm a big character development guy like i almost don't even need a plot um <laughs> just you know, keep introducing so I, I great characters <laughs> just keep introducing great characters i'm in um i know you love downton i know you love downton Oh my gosh, dude! I'm a huge Downton. Yeah, I am too. I, you, you know what? I I started watching. My wife tried to get me to watch it, 
um, yeah. before you and Ronnie did that episode like forever ago. And uh, yeah. you guys did that episode. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. My wife's a little bit bitter about that. But <laughs> it, took, oh, well. it took two middle-aged white yeah. dudes to get you to watch Downton yeah. instead of your wife. But wow. I will say, I, I'm with you, man. I, I see it. I see what you see. Hey, who's your favorite Downton character? Oh, Let's man. Two minutes on that. <laughs> okay, so uh, I love Carlson. Yeah. Uh, Bates, man. Bates. Oh, I love Bates. me yeah. some Bates. So I've got He's a couple coworkers. A I've got mm-hmm. I've got a couple coworkers who do not see what we see in Bates. I know you're a Bates guy too. <laughs> yeah, uh, Clint, Clint's got, rolling his eyes. You've right got now. a co-host that doesn't see it either. <laughs> Just play it. Wait, have you watched it? And I've, I've my wife watches it, and uh-huh. uh, and I've wa- I've sat there and watched episodes, but I don't have the okay. The, here's the, what I like uh, about connection. Bates. Here's what I like about Bates yeah. is he he can do exactly what we're talking about. He's content mm-hmm. with himself. He has the self confidence. Yeah. He's quiet. And I, yep. and I am none of those things. I'm a loud mouth. I fire off my, like, like emotions and thoughts just yeah. uh, on a whim. Yeah. And I, I, yep. I wish I could be more like Bates. That's, that's why I like oh, him man. so much. See, I love that. That's a, that's a good word. And it's, it's that, like that realization about yourself came to you because of a great story and a well-drawn mm. character. And I'm, I'm also a lot of self-loathing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, same, and I, I, I live that life too. So um, you know, self-loving is is definitely it's my engine. It's it's a big part of things. But no, like father and son stories. So like anything with like a strong father son type of deal, I'm a sucker for that. Um, you know, because I, I love my dad and I love my boys, and you know, so there's some special stuff going on there. I I think where we go wrong as Christians, and tell me if this resonates with you. I think the reason why Christian media, most of it sucks so badly, is that we start with a moral, and then we reverse engineer a story to mm-hmm. serve the moral. Absolutely, yeah. Whereas really, we should just be telling a good story mm-hmm. uh, with good characters, and then our worldview is going to bleed into that. You know what I'm saying? So if I'm if I'm writing a story, even if it's a piece of creative nonfiction with no... Yeah, well, that's how scripture is. Would, that's how scripture yeah. is. There's, it doesn't start with the moral. It, yeah. it just tells the story. Sure, sure. And you get, you get all of it in scripture, right? Yeah. You get poetry, you get yep. narrative, you get, um, you know, the, the kind of Ecclesiastes self-loathing <laughs> glumness that we, that we resonate so deeply with. And, um, you know, it's, it's really, it's perfect in that way. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's no great insight for me to say that it's perfect, but, mm-hmm. uh, but it is. Yeah. yeah. What, um, what, then this will be my last question for you. What, what, sure. uh, what value, um, because of what I appreciate about uh, your, about your body of work is you are a Christian author and professor who write, who has written many stories, especially with sports and things like that about not explicitly Christian things. Right. Yeah. And so what, yeah. what benefit does, uh, does a good story that's not explicitly, you know, Christian, what benefit mm-hmm. can that have to to yeah. us as Christians? Yeah, I mean, I think it can teach us about the world, right? So I think about a book like Friday Night Lights, which I love. Great movie, too. Um, I'm, I'm going to go watch it. I'm going to go watch it. It's now a great show, said, too. Yeah. The, the series was great. 
Yeah, so you're in in that story. You're learning about a time and a place, right? So you're transported somewhere. You're introduced to all these people who are real um, and who are struggling with the things that real people struggle with, right? So you can learn about the world. You can learn about human nature. Um, I think about a book like Facing Tyson, which was my first book, where I got to interview all these guys that fought Mike Tyson. Tyson's not a Christian. Many of these guys weren't Christians, but they're really interesting people with interesting conflicts in their lives. And I think in, in enjoying a book like that or a book like Friday Night Lights, um, you know, we get to see what life in a fallen world looks like. And really all stories that are about people who don't know Christ, they're kind of secular theologies of what a good life could look like. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's people trying to figure out apart from Christ, okay, what makes a good life? And you kind of see the brokenness in that, right? Mm. You see, you see the, the insufficiency of life in a fallen world, even a life that on paper should be good. Mm. Look at somebody like Tyson, right? I mean, he had for a time, all the fame, all the money, all the sex, all the everything that, you know, the world could deliver. And he found it to be lacking. Mm. And, um, you know, what is that if not an illustration of a lot of what we see in a book like Ecclesiastes? Mm -hmm. Another thing I'm getting from what you're saying is that um, hearing someone else's story gives us context and uh, like what I'm getting, you haven't explicitly said this, but what I'm getting for you is that you cared for those people that you were writing about. Yeah. Um, oh, for sure. And so without and knowing the story, you can't, you can't care. Yeah. Well, and I would say too, I would add to that apart from Christ, I really can't care, mm. but because of what the Lord did for me, I'm able to walk into an interview room and go, I want to, I want to do my level best to give this person grace and to care for them and to care for their story well. Mm. Uh, and I think I think that's something that as Christians makes us a little bit different in the marketplace. Yeah, or it should. Absolutely, that's awesome. Yeah, I think that's a good place yeah. to end. Yeah, for sure. Well, until next time, that's what we want to do today. We want to be content with ourselves in a quiet place and find God through story and imagination. Until next time, may the Lord make us a channel for his peace.